Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to kick off with Dirt and Spray. Here's the snap, a spinning handoff, and it goes to Mitchell who bores his way in. That is a touchdown over the right guard. The Niners have scored again. Here in the NFC Championship game. Mahomes in the pocket, throws a deep one behind the defense, it is caught, Valdez Scantling with the grab, he got behind Millette for 33 yards, downfield delivery to Valdez Scantling. This is a Super Week edition of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at WarrenAllen.com. Super Week with Dirt and Spray on 1080. That was looking fantastic. The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Spray on Portland's sports leader, 1080 The Fan. Happy Thursday, everybody. Schultz, how we doing? Happy Thursday to you. Friday Eve, actually. Feeling good. <laughs> You're a Friday Eve guy, huh? I'm one of those. I, people, hmm. when I started saying that, people are like, what, I'm one what of those. You, what, what, are you, what are you saying? It's like Friday Eve. It's the day before Friday, jackass. Open your ears. So I'm not the one in the wrong. Friday Eve. <laughs> Do you always get so worked up and angry? No, I'm just trying to bring the energy at 6.01 in the morning. You know, punchy, ready to go, short sleep, but doesn't matter. But poor Thursday just gets left on the back burner. You've now called him Friday Eve, and he's like, yo, I'm Thursday. I'm not a Friday Eve. I didn't know Thursday was a him. I thought it was a her. No, I... no, 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 no. Tuesday's a her. Thursday's a him. Okay. I, I did not know the rule. Do you not know the sexual nature of the days? <laughs> no, why can't Tuesday and Thursday be hers? No, because Thursday's a him. <laughs> Friday's a her. Ah. Yeah, Tuesday's a her as well. Got to explain to me the nuance of this off air, because I'm sure there's something really dirty behind it, right? There's nothing dirty at all about it. It's just the okay. sex of the days. The sex of the What does Monday feel like to you, a man or a woman? When I, when I say Monday, do you hear Monday or do you hear like Monday? <laughs> I hear Monday. So you think Monday's a woman? That's sure. I'll just go with you on that one. I just think Monday sucks in general. I don't think really? days having sexes. Wow, Monday days having. Don't disrespect sexes. all Monday. You not like your job? 
I, I never said I didn't like a, having a job or my job. I just said that Mondays aren't that great. You've brought us to this hellscape, and this is your fault. <laughs> this is how we got here was your Thursday comment on calling it Friday's Eve. You know, laying in bed last night, I did not think that the opening segment of today's show would be about sexes four days of the week. So thank you for taking me there, and I I digress. A sex is every day. I, I didn't think Hell waking yeah. up at 417 contemplating my existence, and if I even wanted to be awake, I didn't know what we were going to do either to open the show. But yeah. when you call it a Friday's Eve, which you're not wrong by definition, gets you going. I'm going to stick up for old Thursday, my good friend Thursday. I didn't know the days of the week needed sticking up for. But Absolutely, here we are all right. I'm a I'm a I'm a staunch defender of uh, their names. Well, especially because it's Super Week. So so oh, you can't forget about Thursday on Super Week. You cannot. This, this is what they ask the really hard questions. Damn like right. uh, Pat, what were you eating for dinner on the third night that you were here in Vegas? Have you hit the blackjack tables yet, Pat? Oh, hey, Pat, your parents and you uh, going out for drink? Oh, never mind, Schultzy. We didn't reach top 15 radio show in a mid-major market status by just overlooking days of the week and the names of them. Come on, Schultzy. You know what? I, I, I give all of the credit to you, and I, I will I will lean on your expertise for the rest of the show there, Sprague, okay? Oh, it is. Um, are you getting the Super Bowl vibe? You're throwing a party, you got all your food, you got everything ready, you know what you're going to make. Like, How prepared are you for Sunday? Some people get prepared on Monday, Tuesday of the week. Yeah. I've also, I've been, I've been both people. Actually, I've been the three people. The three people are very early prepare. About, you know, kind of right now, you get your stuff, you get it ready. Yeah. And then there's the panic shoppers. And I've been a panic shopper a couple times. Wake up Sunday... You start to see the team gear all throughout the grocery store. Oh, God. Everybody else is getting their stuff in order. Already too late. Where are you at right now? I have I have most of what I'm going to make food-wise. Mm -hmm. I'm missing one thing. And I don't know what that one thing is, but I feel like I'm missing just one thing. So you're throwing a party as well, right? I am not. No. Oh, okay. I if my t I have a I have a pretty hardcore rule. If my team is in the Super Bowl, I don't get near anyone i got gotcha. you stay away from me don't bother me you're not coming over you could text me and say come on man i i, I just i want to just watch the game you know i won't bother you sorry find a different venue i cannot emotionally handle any other humans other than my wife and kids i mean that's fair if if my mariners win the world series i'm not sure i could just mosey on over to a party and be like ah yeah let's have a good time i'll be i'll be on my couch gripping yeah, like if if there's a Game 7 World Series, Seattle Mariners against LA Dodgers oh, no in, in in LA or Can't in Safeco or T-Mobile, whatever the hell it is, I don't think you want to watch that game with anybody. Talk about being a miserable sports fan. Yeah, it, it, I'm excited for that moment. It'd be awesome, but it will be three and a half hours of just total, like, hold on to the edge of the seat. It absolutely is. Yeah. That's what my week's been. I don't know it if sucks. it's come across on the radio, but it's emotionally, it's been difficult. I've tried to kind of balance this out. I'm finding that I'm falling off of the surfboard on this wave of balance, and it's just eating me up day by day. I see a cut, and I'm like, cool, Travis Kelsey, probably going to get nine catches for 130 yards. Patrick Mahomes, awesome. Probably going to be like, you know, 24 <laughs> of 28, and 
280 yards and two tuds. And a killer phrase at the end of the Super Bowl. Hey, we're just a chase. We're chafing. Like, okay, cool. Awesome. I've had to balance this stuff out all week. It's not easy, my friend. Well, that's probably why you're trying to get all this food or at least the list of stuff ready to go beforehand. I I just don't want to worry about it. I just want to be like, wake up, yeah. not stress. Like, oh, it's all here. I just well, got to chop up some stuff and put this in the oven, and there you go. I can't quite go very last minute like Sunday morning. I've got the hot corner uh, with Joe and Rashad, mm-hmm. so we're, we're here. So if, that, if I left it to that point... I'm not sure I'm actually throwing a party, but I'll be honest, I'm not really sure how many people are coming, so I'm waiting until Saturday to see, like, okay. You still don't have a head count? Uh, it's going to be a smaller head count, and I'm just wondering if it's going to be, like, four people or, like, eight people. So I'm How really, many were you prepared for? Oh, like, 15, but I just don't, you know, have any friends, and it's okay. You know, you've said that a couple times on the show. Well, I don't, because you have I no literally... no friends at all? I have all right. My, I have my best friend, which I'm very lucky to have. My, we've been you know buddies since we were 15 and 16 in high school. You know, so I, I think just one is you know anybody has a friend like that, very lucky to have. But I got about I'd say three or four other solid people that I would just you know invite anytime. Are that, they going to be at the the party? Uh, two of them will, for sure. Then you know what? If the other 15 don't show up, who cares? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they don't. They, they they don't care. But it's okay. Hmm. And no, I'm not talking about anybody at the station. That there are other people in my life that you know, like I reach out to, and then you just don't you love it when you send that text to somebody you think like, hey, uh, throwing a party, would love to have you. Like you, you appreciate their presence, and then they just don't text you back at all. It's like, uh, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I thought that I was something in your life. Well, that's Dang. Uh, that's a little depressing to hear. Actually, I would uh, reconsider <laughs> being that person's friend. To be honest with you. Oh, my wife has said that several times. It's one thing to not it's very very true not go. It, you know, it's a I can't make it. I appreciate it or whatever the the reason is. It's another to not respond entirely. Um, what if one of those guys was one of the five on the altar at my wedding? Oh wow! Yeah. I. Uh, you know, you learn how to bend a, f- a photo. You learn how to bend the photo Ooh. to the point. Is he at the end? You could just bend the end and kind of keep it in there and it cut it out. And then there's like only four people at your wedding now. No, my sister five? was at the end. I got a Photoshop. So ah. we got four dudes. And well, then you, my could sister. Say, you could say that there's just more women than there is men. I've <laughs> seen equal an, opportunity. I, no, I've seen an unbalanced right. uh, bridal party. I love I love that nowadays. Six women, four dudes. I, I you know, five guys, four ladies. I have seen it a little off kilter well, a little bit. But I, I was I was a bridesman for my sister, you know, so I, so I had my really? sister be a, yeah, she was a groom's lady for me. Like, How about that? Yeah, hey, yeah, everything here in 2022 and on works, because that's, got married twice, once during the pandemic and once after that, so. You got married twice? Well, two ceremonies, because my wife and I, we were originally scheduled to do our wedding uh, the July as the pandemic was happening, yeah. so that got pushed back, but I'm like, damn, babe, I want to marry you. So, so you got, like, legally married, and yeah. then you did, like, a ceremony. Yeah, we went to the beach oh, okay. and kind of eloped with my yeah. best friend from high school and okay. my other best friend, his wife, and we, yeah, we had a great time, opened a bottle of Dom Perignon, and it was it was beautiful. Uh, Dirt did this. He had a wedding scheduled for that summer, and then, obviously, it, uh, it got railroaded. A little bit. And uh, that was just it for him. <laughs> He didn't, uh, <laughs> okay. he did two bachelor parties is what he did. <laughs> you jerk, but you're a smart jerk. Well, I like it. He played the, uh, he played the right game. That's what I'll say to that. Yes, he did. You got the food though? Are you all ready? 
Oh, I think so. I mean, we have a big old pork butt in the freezer. Oh, you're uh, doing a pork butt? We're, well, they're doing pulled pork. We'll do some sandwiches. I'll probably pick up. See, I, I like to have like homemade options and then just kind of the standards. My go-to for any party is a Taco Bell party pack. So I'm going to go get one of those. You got to have- You're going to do a Taco Bell? Like the, the yeah, what is that called? The- the box. The half, big, it's like seven burritos and like seven tacos, like that thing? Yeah, you could do like half hard tacos, half soft tacos. Yeah, that's it, what it is. Well, and it, you, you kind of like, oh, and you're going to do that? The grande meal, isn't that what they call that? Or am I, do I have that wrong? I, I remember when it came the out. Meal. I think that's like the, the grande meal is like something from back in the day. This is like the the box, the okay. especial box that they do. And every party that I brought it to or hosted and had it at, it's the first thing gone. So, You're doing Taco Bell for Super Bowl Sunday. That's a spicy take. Just a box. Not not like a bunch of Taco Bell. We, you, you try to offer a ton of fare. You know, you got to have your wings. You got to have your pulled pork. You got to have some veggie options. Mm. But if you want some quick go-to, something that just uh, to get the little food palette going when you walk in the door, those Taco Bell tacos, mwah. And and and, I, and you laugh at me, and everybody's like, ah, Schultzy with his McDonald's and his Taco Bell love. I'm just talking for parties, dude. Those Taco Bell party packs go like that. Always. That just I, For me, it's dicey. I could see my stomach bubbling, and it's like mid-first quarter. I'm like, oh, no. Well, maybe after six, but if you have one. Uh, I got a kind of a weaker... I'm getting older, and my stomach's getting weaker. So yesterday, you started Old Man Get Off My Lawn uh, to get going on the show. Today, it's, you know, getting older. My stomach's a little uh, little iffy at this point. <laughs> One yeah. taco. Yeah. I'm the guy popping a Tums in his pantry. Well, I mean, to be fair, I had a bad burrito the night before and uh, <laughs> hey, spent an hour on the pot because of it. So Know thyself, Schultze. I'm three years from 40. I am getting older, and my body and everything about me is changing in ways that I'm not always prepared for. Looking in the mirror at this age is a fun game every day, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's okay. I uh, I don't feel like I'm aging the worst, but not also the best. I'm like, I'm somewhere in the aging okay category. Okay. I'm not always unhappy about it, but I'm not always the happiest about it. All right. Right in the middle of that lane. That like That's where I'm residing of aging right that's now. Fair. I don't know where everybody else is on that. If you're 50 and you're feeling like crap, if you're younger than 35 and you, you whatever you're feeling... However old you are, I'm 37, and I feel like I'm right in the middle of the aging process. It's good some days, eh. Other days, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of wrinkles in that area. Didn't see that yesterday. Well, my goal at this point, because I'm 34 going on 35 in 10 days. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Um, I want to be one of those Bowflex people. Like, you know those commercials when we were kids? Like, I'm 47, and I'm in better shape than I was 27. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I guess at this point, that's what I have to strive for. I don't think a Taco Bell party pack's helping you there. <laughs> I think that's taking you the wrong... You're, it's, it's actually... It's like the Taco Bell box is picking you up like a claw machine at a grocery store, and it's taking you away from the Bowflex. It's like, nope, that's not the direction. We're going the opposite way. Come on, man. You got to enjoy life while you're here. Hey, right? I'm not hating. I'm just telling you, if you want to be Bowflex, bro, yeah, you want to be a Chuck Norris ripped. Hey, Chuck Norris here for Bowflex. I'm shirtless and ripped, and you're not. Yeah, I'm 82, and I look like I'm 52. Hey, if you can if you can pull it off, pull it off. You know what I mean? Well, Chuck Norris's tears cure cancer, right? I'm feeling the vibe, though. It feels we're closer. We're a day closer yeah. to the Super Bowl. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. We got some Super Bowl stuff to dive into today. Got some college football I want to talk about as well, Schultz. Your Oregon Ducks, quite the conversation starter 
in the recruiting world right now. Oh, they always stir some drama lately. I just love having Dan Lanning around. This this because of him, they're always in the conversation. Uh, they certainly has, he has elevated them in a way that the program, even with Mario, it was really good. But he's elevated to a level. Oregon State's in an interesting spot. We got some audio from uh, head coach Trent Bray. We'll get to today. So we'll talk a little college football. Uh, there's another coach in that sport that calls himself obsessed. And I want to ask this question uh, as we get into the show. Who more likely is to win a title? You can only choose between the two. You can't say, whoa, no, none. They're never going to win. If you had to pick, who's more likely to win the title? Sark? Lanning. I find that one interesting given what I listened to with Steve Sarkeesian yesterday, what we see with Dan Lanning. So we'll get to some Cruton stuff today on the old radio program. We got Ken Barkley at 8 a.m., uh, and it's NBA trade deadline day. Will the Blazers do anything? No. Because a year ago today, we had a press conference, and we heard almost going to be offended with how we put our chips all in. And they've done nothing but dismantle the team and then not make any moves potentially on the deadline. Just an interesting like spot from where we were a year ago to where we are now today. So we'll dive into all of it. It is a loaded show. Dirt and Sprague, it's good to be with you. Uh, Let's get it going on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. is a super week edition of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by George McCoy at warrenallen.com. On 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. One of our listeners saying, you're going to have a third quarter bathroom break there, Schultz. You got a stinky poo in there? No. Well, I, you don't need to say that. I mean, that goes without saying. Anytime you mention the bell. You know who else is a big fan of the TB? Old Dirt Johnson. Ah, good old Dirt. And that means Smudge is going to be throwing it down here in a couple of years, too. So uh, I love years? I, days, <laughs> man. If you told me he slipped in a little uh, that mystery meat and uh, maybe a little lettuce and tomato, I wouldn't be shocked. No, that, but that's tasty. And I'm telling you, Super Bowl Sunday, that's the time to eat that kind of Schultz, stuff. Schultz, if anybody was going to be like lose their mind excited about walking into a party and seeing a Taco Bell party pack, it definitely would be Dirt. That's that's fair. He but, would probably just pencil in fair. that he was going into that party on a yearly basis based on having a Taco Bell party pack. You got to get to the bell, right? You do. <laughs> Dong. Thank you. I don't have one. Sorry. That's okay. Um, is Travis Kelsey the greatest tight end of all time? I want to talk about that coming up. 
one former great tight end, one that you could certainly put in the conversation, I think based on the physical ability and what his career was, yeah. says yes. I find it interesting when all-time athletes at the position tell you, this guy's the best that's ever done it, and the immediate response is, no. Nah. <laughs> now, look, that doesn't his opinion doesn't have to be the opinion, but I, I just... I found myself kind of doing that. I was like, I don't know about that. So we'll talk about that coming up. Um, interesting news developing in the media world yesterday with old Nick Saban. You see Nick Saban's going to be on game day, Schultze? I did see that hire. I frankly love it. I- I'm I'm now like 25 years into like solidly watching college football every single season in my life. Used to hate Nick Saban. Now I'm in love with him. And now I'm excited to watch him every day on college uh, or uh, every Saturday on ESPN College Game Day. Yeah, he's going to be on game day. I think I read that he's doing SEC Media Day and he's doing the NFL Draft. Oh, so you know what? Maybe we'll hear some insight from somebody besides Mel Kuyper Jr., which I love. We got it. We got it at some point, which I'm not trying to knock the guy, but at some point, other than him and Todd McShay, I would like to hear, you know, from a, a few other voices. It, it does need to be thrown on and not just like young guys trying to make their way, but I would really like some prominent people already in the sport like Nick Saban. I think that's a great idea. Well, with all the SEC players that get picked in the first couple rounds, I mean, every year it feels like it's like hey, the SEC had 19 of the first-round picks. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. They recruit all the five stars. And that's fair. The top players that come out of uh, college tend to be the best prospects. No no shocking development there. He can certainly offer a lot. Uh, I am interested to hear just the analysis in general from a Nick Saban. I know we've had it a couple times during halftimes and pregame shows of national championship games. I didn't think this was a big shocking development that he decided to do this. It kind of felt like... I don't know if he wasn't going to keep coaching. Uh, I still maintain he'd be maybe the greatest athletic director. And I know he may not know the ins and outs of that job. But if there was anybody that was going to be obsessed with it to the point of like, I want to be the greatest athletic director of all time, it would be Nick Saban. Because you take the competition part, you take, you know, all of what you need to be great in that. He's got relationships. It, it just, he strikes me as somebody who would be really good at that gig and also take it very personally. Yeah. Because the competitive stuff isn't going to go away with him. It's just the day-to-day, the recruiting, the, you know what I mean? Like, he's got to find ways to harness the competitiveness, being probably the greatest coach in college football history without debate. And I think he could do it there. But if he can harness it on television, it's probably going to be must-watch TV. Now, is he going to be overly critical? Eh, I wouldn't put a lot of eggs in that basket. I don't think you're going to get the same, like, you know what? I think Les Miles needs to be on that old hot seat. But I think what you will get is a really good explanation of schematics, really good kind of feedback or thought on situational football. And for me, I like having some takes in my life. I also love being informed and trying to understand a sport that I watch and care about more than anything else that I watch and care about combined. I spend more, we, we spend more hours watching NFL and college football from August till now that it's like how many of us really understand the, the nuances to it. A lot of us don't. We get a lot of basic stuff, but I like when people like Nick Saban are able to kind of walk me through 
and explain like this is why I would do this. Like, oh, okay. The greatest coach in college football history telling me why he runs this play or why he would be thinking this on this down and distance. Well, it's an easy hire for ESPN. We know that he speaks, you know, really well to crowds. He's obviously given a really, uh, you know, attitude-filled press conferences, but also had a lot of funny moments throughout his career. So the charisma's there. And you see guys like John Madden that yeah. transformed NFL broadcasting. It's that legendary coach aspect that, you know, when you bring that to the broadcasting side, especially in 2023, there there's maybe a handful of guys that you could hire and and have that prestige. Nick Saban is one of them. That there's really nothing else to do, you know, for for ESPN College Game Day. You you just kind of hopefully Lee Corso will ride off into the sunset gracefully, and, and Nick Saban will be there for the rest of his life while he's able to speak up there. Oh, you think Corso is going to ride off gracefully? You think this has been gracefully? Last I, I'm two being years? Ni- I'm being nice. Yeah, okay. I, I, right. I'm he. I. It's like the most obvious thing to everybody that cares or watches. Yeah, it's it's not awful. When I say walk off gracefully, I, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all in this case for him, because he's, you know what, he's been a legend in the game. It's obvious that he probably shouldn't be up there, but I don't know what else to say about Lee Corso, but you hope that Nick Saban's going to be there and take that mantle for the next 10 to 15 years. But I'm interested, you know, kind of when Tony Romo got in, um, doing color analyst with, uh, Jim Nance, color analyst work on CBS, at (laughs) at least in the beginning, it was really nice to hear the simple translations of what was going on in the moment. Now, oh yeah, he would predict. Yeah. They're going to run left here. Hey, this is a play action pass. Hey, watch the tight end here. It was amazing. Yeah. And then he cared more about golf instead of like keeping up with coaches and philosophies and studying film. I have a thing on Romo for tomorrow's show. I know that's not a good tease because it's today, but I have a thing about Romo on tomorrow's show because he's going to be on the Super Bowl, man. I know. This could be a great game. Maybe, maybe the Chiefs blow out the Niners. Maybe the Niners find something and they get to Mahomes. They're going to blow them out, Brandon. I I don't know, Jim. (laughs) But I have a thing on Romo for tomorrow that you're kind of hitting at that I want to talk about. I don't think Saban, he's not going to be calling the games. He's only doing studio stuff. Yeah. And I think he could be really good in that element. So I was excited to see the news yesterday that Nick Saban will be on my television every Saturday. Uh, Coming up next, the GOAT tight end. If one great athlete at a position says, this guy's the best to do it at my position, that should hold more weight than people who never played the position, right? Or not? We'll get to that next on The Fan. Of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Is Travis Kelsey the greatest tight end to ever exist? This is a question that's been lingering, I think, for a couple years. He's got the most thousand yard seasons consecutively in uh, tight end history. He's got the most receptions in playoff history. Broke Jerry Rice's record in that Baltimore Raven game where he had 11 catches for over 100 yards. And was 16 yards short. Would have had eight straight years of 1,000 yards receiving had he not sat in the final game of the year. Schultz, he finished 16th, or 16 yards, excuse me, short of 1,000 receiving yards. In what everybody classified, and I probably said it to some extent, but what everybody classified as a, quote, down year, he finished with 93 catches and 984 yards. As he's getting older. As he's getting older. Only five tuds, though. 
It's the least he's had in the last four seasons. Well, I'm oh. pretty pretty sure Kansas City didn't score as much either, but uh, yeah. Well, I don't know what to do with this. So, like, I, I, I do, I don't always participate. I've been kind of run and beaten into the ground of goat talk with basketball stuff. Shocking. People who grew up watching more LeBron than Jordan picked LeBron. People who grew up with Jordan picked Jordan. People who grew up with Russell pick Russell. Like, everybody's got a goat. Uh, Jordan, the most universal one, but to the point, sometimes though, I like to talk about it and not in basketball, but in this conversation in particular, have you seen both Gronk and Shannon Sharp? Shannon Sharp dating it yesterday on Pat McAfee. Gronk, I believe has now said it two or three different times. Those are two pretty well-respected and thought of tight ends. And they've both said this dude's the greatest at the position. Now, if somebody of that caliber says it, do we just, like, to hell with our thoughts, our opinions, our eyeballs, and say, well, if that person says it, it has to be true? Or do you say, okay, that's cool. I got my own take, and he's not the GOAT. I'm interested to hear why, I mean, as far as... Why he's the GOAT? Well, what, why, you, why you don't think he, why you're not agreeing with that. Uh, well, I, I don't know if I don't agree with it. I think that's the hard thing with these. When you say greatest of all time, like, you know, you have to take into consideration, uh, style of play era. It like Tony Gonzalez is probably one of them. He, I think he's one of the most accomplished players to exist at his position ever. Fair. Tony Gonzalez got to play with Patrick Mahomes. Would his numbers be Kelsey? Like, I think they would. Right. Cause I mean, I watched Tony Gonzalez. He was effing awesome. And those Chiefs teams he played for, they were good, but they clearly weren't this. Mahomes would take Antonio Gates to the next level. Antonio Gates was a great tight end. Is he the best of all time? Probably not, but Mahomes would get him there. I think that's the hard thing with this conversation is, like, the context of just that. Like, this guy has maybe the greatest quarterback, and I know, accomplishment, resume, yada, yada, yada. If Mahomes wins on Sunday, he will have three. And every year going into the season, seemingly in the next five to eight years, you're probably going to say, he's in that top four. They're going to be in the running with or without Kelsey. You're going to still tell yourself that because, well, we see all-time great athletes all the time and they prove us wrong. But I also, I don't mean to say any of that about Kelsey with Mahomes to take any of the wing away from Travis Kelsey because it also equally takes the greatness that he has to do what he's done. There's a really good read on him and Kittle. I got into a back and forth with a uh, a former Oregon State player, James Dockery, who I've, I've had on the show a couple times. And we talked about this maybe two or three. It might have been in 2019. It might have been the year they played in the first Super Bowl. And we were basically going back and forth. He's He thinks Kelsey's the best. And at that time, I was kind of defending my guy, George Kittle. Because George Kittle's had also had a, a damn good start to his career. Now, Kittle's been a little banged up. He's dealing with a toe injury going into this game. Didn't really do a whole lot in that Lions game. I think he had two catches. One of them was from minus yards. But at that time, I was arguing Kittle, to me, is a better run blocker. And there's certainly, you know, dynamics of the position that should be considered. But overall, like, even I would have to say, okay, well, since that conversation, I will tell you, Travis Kelsey is better. I love George Kittle. I think George Kittle's a great character and a fantastic football player, but Travis Kelsey's been doing this now for, 
what feels like forever when you have teams with dominance like this with Kansas City and that combination of Mahomes to Kelsey. You know, I said this uh, a week ago, Schultze, when my stepdad, he wouldn't play with us much. He'd largely kind of do his own thing and I'd be left to my own, you know, adventures. Once in a while, he'd throw a football, and he didn't really care about sports, but he'd throw a football, and he was always like, Montana to race, because he knew I was a Niner fan. And that was, you know, the biggest names when he was uh, younger. And what's funny now is, like, all the kids are going to make Mahomes to Kelsey, and how that's kind of become the new signature duo. But when great athletes at positions tell you, yo, that guy's the best, in basketball, this happens all the time. I hear Gilbert Arenas or... Uh, Matt Barnes, Kobe's Kobe's the greatest player of all time. And it's like, well, that guy faced Kobe Bryant. He obviously has some expertise and knowledge on it, but I am in no way agreeing with that opinion. And I never played against Kobe Bryant. But how much do you weigh what the all-time greats at the spot tell you when they say that guy's the greatest to ever lace him up at our spot? I think that's the end-all, be-all word right there. I don't think us in the media, you know, really saying anything matters at that point. When I heard Kobe Bryant, I love how you bring him up because I think of what he said about Brandon Roy, rest in peace Kobe, that he was the hardest guy as far as defense. When Kobe was playing defense, he was the hardest guy to guard. Like, on the other end, you know, I remember Kobe saying, like, ah, that's another story. But Brandon Roy... Those moves that Kobe, you know, like actually had to tell people about, like hearing that from the greatest of all time or one of the greatest of all time. All right. We know B-Roy is great as well. I I don't see why we can't take this word from a, a tight end and say, especially looking at other tight ends, most of them, especially the top 10 all time. Usually, minus maybe Antonio Gates with Philip Rivers, they're with great quarterbacks. You think Shannon Sharp, if he didn't play with John Elway, I mean... He I played in Baltimore, too. He played with Dilfer, and he went and helped them win a ring. Exactly, but that was near the end of his career. If he spent the first 12 years of his career with Randall Cunningham, if he sp- you know, spent part of those years like on the 90s Eagles, I'm not sure he would have the same numbers as he did. He was one of Elway's like major weapons for a decade, he- so... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to give you stats. He's just got 815 catches, 10,000 receiving yards. I was trying to see his year-by-year because I remember the Baltimore seasons, and I thought he was pretty good in Baltimore. But again, I was a lot younger, and maybe I'm just misremembering the end of the career. So he ended up in Denver retiring, Yeah, but he was in Baltimore for a two-year stint. Uh, Baltimore, he finished with 67 catches, 800 yards, five tuds, and his last year in Baltimore, 73 catches, 811 yards, and two tuds. Well, so most of his career was spent with John Elway, a really good quarterback. Yeah. You look down the list a little bit further, Rob Gronkowski. Who did he spend all of his career with? Tom freaking Brady. And actually looking at his career. See, that he, might be my goat. That, yeah. If I was to pick like the one that when I watched it, that's the dude that identified the position it, it might be Gronk for me. But he only played 11 years total in the yeah. league, and his numbers yeah. are he, he had so many touchdowns because he was with Tom Brady. Yeah, but how – yeah, okay, and that's that's fine. I think we, we all acknowledge the quarterback is a massive part of this conversation, but how many times did you watch Brady throw a ball to him and you went, holy hell, he came down with that? Holy hell, he, he kept – he held on to that ball after that hit. That dude played with a robot arm the last like four years of his career. His entire arm was it didn't even, it was all black. It had like big brace <laughs> yeah, on it. And all, like when I watched him, he made plays. Certainly Brady giving him those passes helps. 
But I watched that guy catch passes where I was like, damn. And he came up big in moments, man. The Super Bowl against the Rams, AFC title games. Like, that guy was about as money as it can be. Now, Kelsey also, to his credit, Baltimore, what he did to Baltimore last week or two weeks ago in the first half, my God, he shredded them. And Baltimore is geared defensively to be good against those guys. They have Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. Like that, those linebackers are athletic and Mm -hmm. fast. It's why they put the Niners in hell. And he went out there and shredded them in the first half. Just made incredible catches. Kyle Hamilton was guarding him. It didn't matter. Hamilton has shut down everybody. And then Kelsey comes in and catching a tud. Catching a nice over-the-middle pass that's actually a better catch than it is a throw. And so it's just like examining all this stuff is very interesting. And and I think it's great humility. But I was a little surprised Gronk is even like, yeah, that guy's, that guy's the best. I'm like, I don't know, Gronk. You're pretty damn good yourself. Well, it is interesting to hear from them kind of the what they find the roundabout way, or, or I guess the overall way, I should say, to look at how good a tight end is for their career. Because we like to see the offense. Yep. We just look at those stats. You, you brought it up a little bit a couple of minutes ago, but the blocking is really huge for tight ends. But us as sports fans just don't think of that very often because, you know, we have all those guys on our fantasy team. So so we're only looking at how many catches they have. But but yeah, overall, yeah, you got to be a great blocker. So, so I guess... Uh, the amazing blocking skills plus all of those stats equal the best tight end of all time. You can't take away the blocking from that. If I give you one game, so we have this game Sunday, Super Bowl, what tight end are you picking for your team? Of all time? Any, 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 any era? For you, any tight end. I say you get to pick any tight end. In eras of what you watched. Obviously, you go to 1950. It's like, I don't know. I'm going to go Mike Ditka. Yeah, like, Mike I, Ditka I, I don't remember one. him. But but give me, who would you pick? Would you pick Kelsey? <sighs> I mean, I want to say yes, but I feel like that's a little bit of recency bias because three years ago, Gronk was the end-all, be-all for the tight end position. Of course, Kelsey was really good, but then Kelsey caught a lot of balls with Alex Smith as his quarterback, too. So, yeah, Kelsey's been awesome his whole career, man. Damn, that's a hard question. I don't think there's a wrong choice here. It's just, I guess, a preference and how you felt watching their impact in the game, in their careers. I'm going to go Gronk. For, for, for what you Gronk? just said, mm. the feeling that I get and the feeling that I I remember watching like games during that crazy run for the Patriots. Sure. Just getting so mad about. No, I got to go Gronk. Uh, we have a lot to get into. College football wrapped up all their signing day stuff. Oregon coming out on top. Oregon State, interesting spot that they're in. And I got audio from their head coach, Trent Bray, that we're going to get to today. Uh, we got a couple more Super Bowl things we want to get to, a couple pieces of audio from their media days. Uh, NBA trade deadline uh, day is here. It's today. Will the Blazers make a move? It's a fun anniversary for the team for this reason as well. Dirt and Sprague, a whole lot more to get into on 1080 The Fan. This is a Super Week edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by George McCoy at warrenallen.com. On 1080 The Fan. We'll get to some Cruton stuff here at the top of the hour. Oregon and Oregon State. Dare I say where UCLA is currently ranked in the recruiting rankings? Oh, 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 I don't know, man. Big news out of their program. (sighs) Not. You know, I keep hearing this. uh, uh, We talked about Chip being interviewed for the Seahawks gig. As Ryan Grubb yesterday announces, I'm here, Alabama, and I'm here to stay. 
if Chip is going to get the Seahawk job, I don't know where Seahawk fan would be at on that. I feel like they talk themselves into it because they're so happy about McDonald. And maybe Chip would be good at it. I I think if Chip is just worried about the 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 football X's and O stuff, he's fine. His offense is fine. It can work. Maybe this is the restart he needs. What I've heard, though, in the last couple of days, and I find it interesting. Yeah, it's... It's an awful situation for UCLA, the players, Chip, everybody. Excuse me? Did Chip Kelly agree to an extension? Is Chip Kelly still currently being paid by UCLA? Just awful. Terrible. Why is this awful for him? He seems like he's the bad guy here. Am I wrong? Aren't they kind of hanging him out to dry? In How this are they hanging out to dry? They kept him. But but looking at this whole situation and saying, oh, things aren't going well, yet not really mentioning or looking yeah, at the fact that look he in the mirror. Extension. Yeah, look in the mirror and ask yourself again, why are things not going well? Is UCLA well or ran well? Eh, probably not. You, you also signed two contract extensions with them. What are we complaining about? If it's so bad, why did you sign to stay there? That's fair. If it's so bad, why are you still there? Oh, we know the answer to that, though. Come on. No, please enlighten me. Negotiating he, power. Leverage. He's now going to leverage get... Leverage from who? From whoever he wants to go get employed by next. He's now going to get... What a, leverage does he have on the Seahawks? The paycheck that he's getting. He's like, hey, so, so uh, if they want him, which they're... You know, they're, cur- they're certainly interested. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, their yeah. choice, essentially, of one of, like, three guys, it's up to them, but... Right. There's going to be pay negotiations involved in that, and I wouldn't be surprised if Chip is saying, hey, you know, this salary in college, I think that kind of tells you this is what I'm worth here as an offensive coordinator in the NFL compared to other guys. It might get him an extra mil or two. Leverage is the most overrated term I think we used in the media. I I just don't understand what leverage he would be having on the the Seahawks. He needs the job more than the Seahawks need him. I guess that's fair. He's a current college coach gallivanting around America, begging for jobs to not be the coach, but technically is still that, hey, the coach. Well, maybe he just needs that higher salary guarantee from UCLA so he can do what you're saying, gallivanting around no, looking for jobs. I, 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 I understand the financials of this, like doesn't want to leave the money, spray. Yeah, I, I, I get it. It's also what he's doing to the players in that program is very unfair. Well, the entire hey guys, I don't want to be unfair. here. I'm I'm gonna what the landscape of college football? Yeah, every team has dealt with it to some aspect cool. this offseason. Who who decided to go to UCLA? I'm not. I just I'm disagreeing bl- with you. I'm kind of puzzled by that response. I've seen that. I've heard it. Okay, you know it's really unfair to Chip. What part? Being at UCLA, where he agreed on a contract to be the head coach. I think it's unfair. Just leave. It's it's unfair to blame the entirety of their lack of success on him. Does he recruit? No, and I think that's a big part of it. But oh, I think there's a lot of little elements uh, around it, Schultze. That's okay. not his fault. But we also know, and we see we see it with our eyes, how important college football coach is. And if you don't recruit, and you don't resonate with with fans like at all. To the point where they're paying an airplane to fly over your stadium that says, fire you. You don't interact with the media and players that, like, they have no connection to you. They they commit to you and then they get into the portal because you, they can't trust you. I, You know, bad AD or bad athletic department, sure. A lot of that is Chip Kelly stuff. 
a lot of that is Chip Kelly stuff. The universe, the university would be in a really bad spot right now if Chip Kelly left because you missed out. They on, are in a bad Schultz. They're not in a good spot, and they worse, have Chip Kelly. Even worse than they would be because then they'd be without a head coach. Yeah, you can be in a worse spot than recruiting worse than South Alabama. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible at recruiting. They've been anemic the last two seasons. I understand, but trying to search for a head coach of the remnants that are left right now in the college football coaching carousel good effing luck i I mean you should have had jonathan smith you should have made this move back in november yeah i mean the the rumors about chip kelly they beat usc schultzy and they kept him because of that exactly oh that's the only i always hate that and purdy's gonna get this on sunday i you know i i have texts that could expose a lot and i've been honest about it purdy's made me do this i'm in i'm out i'm in i'm in if he plays poorly, I'm not going to feel great. But I love the conclusion that if he wins, he's this in the NFL. If he loses, there you go. He's not a franchise guy like at all. That's existing for a lot of people going into Sunday. And that's what you UCLA's philosophy was. Oh, we're going to fire this guy. Wait, he did what against USC? One in blowout fashion? Let's keep him. Well, that's why you make the decision before the game. You don't say it's based on the outcome of one game because... Y- it's a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah. I, 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 We talked about this with the Bears. And, like, if Fields wins, do they keep him? I'm like, you're basing everything that you're doing with the number one pick in the draft with one of the best prospects ever. You're basing it on he had a good two-week sample size? That seems negligent. Does it not? No, the whole hype of him leading into this season was because he had a decent year last year. So, And they weren't just looking at two games. Yeah, I, I don't like oh, that. He's been get... a disappointment at UCLA. Uh, uh, Chip? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I, was that's look, been a I was looking at Fields. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, saying Fields last year, we were looking at his, so he's going to be good because he was decent last year. And now a two-game stretch makes them think, oh, he's going to be fine going forward. But but no, Chip hasn't shown any level of success at UCLA minus like a two-game stint. So. Uh, from one bad program with a coach who doesn't want to be there but is still there somehow to a program that has a coach that wants to be there and is building up a juggernaut. We kick off the second hour. Holy hell, Oregon. Hour two, Dirt and Spring on the fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.